It's Valentine's Day week, and Looney Tunes Cartoons released a all-new special. So, of course, you realize this means podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Why did I pause? Why did I pause? <laughs> I thought it was for dramatic effect. Hello, all you lovebirds out there. I'm Jonathan Graves, your host, and with me today is my special lady, Sabina Graves. Hi, Sabina. How are you today? I'm doing good for a special lady. (laughs) 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 I don't think I've ever been introduced that way before. Because I just said lovebirds. Like, it has to, like, flow with that. Okay, so my wife, Sabina Graves... And best friend, Sabina Graves. Graves. And that lady Graves, Sabina Graves, is here on the podcast. Uh, She is a filmmaker and film uh, journalist, as well as theme park insider. And she has some insights on Looney Tunes Cartoons' new special that we watched together. And it's sort of like pre Valentine's sort of. Yeah, it was a cute little get together and hang. It was really nice. Yeah. So we're here to talk about that. But before we do, we're going to talk about a little drop that happened with a Lego Brickhead set featuring Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, which is really great because this is the first time that there has ever been a Looney Tunes Brickhead set released to the public. And this came out on February 1st for only $20 and it comes with both, which is really cool. It's a two-pack, and it's 205 pieces, and it is just adorable uh, for ages 10 and and up, and it's great for nostalgic gifts uh, for friends and loved ones. Which, you know, we're no strangers to Brickheads, I think, for probably a valentine's day in the past it had to have been when i this think one so came out. yeah we you got me the beauty and the beast brickhead duo which came with bell and the beast the beauty and the beast yes and that was a really nice gift that you gave me and um you know we frequent lego stores i mean we window shop at lego stores yeah. all the time we never buy anything we never really buy anything big we like the aesthetic <laughs> We like keychains. We like keychains. I love minifigs. Minifigs are my favorite. And some of the major Lego stores near us recently installed like minifig creators. So I really want to go in and like print out our little minifigs. Oh, that's cool. At some point. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited to go look for these in the wild and uh, yeah. you know, get them for you. These, Thank you. These are the first Looney Tunes uh, brickhead slash Lego sets of, I, did, I think, any kind. Um, so it's a pretty big deal. And we should all run out to the stores and grab one, uh, so yeah, that way I we can show that there's you know, interest. To kind of introduce uh, Wiley Coyote and uh, the Roadrunner back into the zeitgeist a bit more, uh, since you know the James Gunn movie will be coming out in in the near future. I mean, I think they're very iconic characters. I don't think they ever really went away. Personally, even as someone who is casually a Looney Tunes fan compared to you, um, just you know, those antics have been seen so often yeah. that 
you know, they're they're recognizable, and I love that they're coming back in a way. I mean, I, I, honestly, like we've been we've been discussing recently that Looney Tunes um, are are so memeable, like not just the old cartoons but the new ones and Gus Gus would also like to be on the podcast I think he would also like to be a meme yeah he's a Looney Tunes meme um so well Gus you really I'm just trying to get you to hop on this chair so you won't make any more paw noises while our dog runs around the dinner table and that will do it for the news section yes it is very small this time but even though there wasn't a whole lot to cover I feel that the Brickheads release is a milestone in a lot of ways for Looney Tunes, and I cannot wait for there to be more in that series. Ah, Valentine's Day. It's a day full of yummy chocolate. Awkward dates. <laughs> unlimited kisses. <laughs> Sweet nothings. Hey, you're quite the handsome fella. Did I mention romance? Eh, why not? So let's get over to Looney Tunes cartoons and their Valentine's Day extravaganza headed by Pete Browngard over there and Sam Register as executive producers. And yeah, let's just get into it. They These were three shorts, uh, well, two shorts, one interstitial that really showed off the best of the best of like what is coming out of the series right now with Daffy, Porky, Petunia, Bugs, and more Daffy. And I think a little bit more Daffy. Because uh, <laughs> Daffy literally draws himself into another short <laughs> in this one. Uh, so we have double the Daffy in one of them. But we're going to start with the adorable banner that we have, which is Porky and Petunia in a Valentine's Day heart. And Daffy's overlooking them. And it's just, it it's a retro piece, but it also is like, full modern yeah no it's, it's very kitschy and yeah. beautiful it reminds me of those vintage uh valentine's day cards which you know i'm sure there are a lot of looney tunes valentines available but i i, I think that these would be so cute to actually have I totally agree, and I wish that Warner Brothers would release this art out there for the public to have a little piece of in a Valentine. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, they should send it to you. They should send it to me. <laughs> we literally open with a Warner Brothers logo. Uh, as soon as you click play, you get a Warner Brothers logo. Who knew? <laughs> and it opens up, uh, and it, it really like the bows and the ribbons and all of that really nice artwork. Uh, the WB logo opens up and it reveals on the inside a love struck Porky and Petunia with hearts for eyes. And it reads, let's go hog wild. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's really adorable, really cute. And the art is just eye popping. It's great. Uh, so then we have a little scroll. And as we scroll up, we get reveal reveals of new Valentine's Day cards or Valentine's uh, one with Daffy saying quackers for you really cute really adorable uh beaky buzzard saying aw shucks with a lot of hearts around him that's his catchphrase of course he's gonna say aw shucks but it's you know i'm glad it's there i'm glad they're they're utilizing these side characters and these rare characters that don't get a whole lot of play yeah 
the past. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and also Beaky Buzzard has shown up in Looney Tunes cartoons. So it's a really nice way to bring him back because uh, he hasn't been in the short for like three seasons. Maybe he'll come back one day. Then we have Bugs to wrap it all up with I Care It About You. Uh, it's That's really cute. My and what I noticed here is that the the artistry around the design of bugs here is really deep colors and it's a really unique expression. And I feel like it's very close to when Frank Tashlin had directed bugs in his shorts and just that, um, you know, the, the heart, the sharper edges around him and in his teeth and all that stuff. And I think that really came together in this, uh, which made it unique and pop out and I want it. Uh, so then the, uh, the logo for the special drops down and it's really classy looney tunes um you know extravaganza and then we have two elmers but it's not just elmer fudd dropping down it's cupid elmer fudd from frank tashlin's directed 1944 short the stupid cupid which also appeared in batman forever and stupid cupid is the uh the counterpart for what uh, Drew Barrymore's character is going through in that scene when she is plugged up to Jim Carrey's box. Jim Carrey's Riddler is the box. Um, it's it's a really crazy and bizarre scene. I love that Looney Tunes are in a Batman movie um, for that. But also, Stupid Cupid showing up in this is really cool because we have not seen a Stupid Cupid short in Looney Tunes cartoon. So this is pulled out straight out of the classics and plucked into this opening logo. What did you think of the whole logo and how they presented this package of shorts? I thought the logo bit was adorable. I mean, to me, it was just like a really cool montage of romantic Valentines and that like very kitschy, retro, um, vintage vibe, as I described. And I don't know half the references that you just said, but I am very happy that it made you very happy. I was very happy. I love seeing your enthusiasm, (laughs) and I love having you explain these things to me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's that's what I felt, and, you know, it it makes me happy to see you get super excited about these things you love, and, like, just even just, like, the opening, you were just, like, spazzing out, like... You know, doing the Leonardo DiCaprio point. Yes. <laughs> at the screen from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was memeable. You were memeable. You are very memeable. You are also a Looney Tunes meme, probably. Yes, probably. So let's go into the first short. It's called Duck Chocolate, a playoff of Duck Soup uh, title of the um, Marx Brothers movie. It's directed by Kenny Pittenger. And it stars Daffy, Porky, and Petunia as Porky is ready to go on a Valentine's date with Petunia and bring her a box full of chocolates. But somehow, Daffy is really hungry and really craving chocolate. Which he is, apparently just thought the box of chocolates was for anyone in the in the house. Oh, totally. You know? Yeah. At first. Like, I mean, you know, you're, you're supposed <laughs> to, like, put a label on things when you're, when you have a roommate situation, probably, and, you know, Porky so, didn't. So, Porky made the mistake of not labeling Petunia's chocolates, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, well, that's you know. a take. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> Daffy was in the right here. Daffy was in the right. <laughs> um, so... Daffy gets a taste of the chocolate and he can't help himself 
and just goes on a rampage of, you know, eating chocolates out of the box whenever he can, even when he can't, he can. And he, he goes along this journey with Porky over to Petunia's house, whistling and all And somehow the way. Porky doesn't notice that. Oh yeah, Porky is completely oblivious to, to what's happening. To Daffy just eating and refilling these chocolates because he is equipped with, <laughs> with bags of chocolate, apparently. He is, yes. At he one just point. likes, he just, you know, that just speaks to how lonely he was. You know, he yeah. wanted to eat, he wanted a heart-shaped chocolate, like, gift. It didn't matter. It wasn't the chocolates. It's like he wanted the sentimentality of eating out of this heart that no one gave him. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think it also goes to the relationship and, you know, the the personality of Petunia to invite him along at the end and uh, allow him to be that third wheel so he's not alone. Yeah, I mean, Petunia had a really great moment in it where you're led to believe that she is going to be mad, but uh, she, you know, says, I never thought you could be so thoughtful. <laughs> and <laughs> Porky is bewildered, <laughs> you know, because he, he, he arrives to Petunia's doorstep with this b- box of chocolates that that holds Daffy just like curled up <laughs> in it like, with like chocolate smeared all over him in his like chocolate drunkenness. Yes. Um, because he, he, he was he was eating his feelings. He got chocolate wasted. He got chocolate wasted because that was <laughs> how he was eating his feelings. Yes, yes. We we're we're, we're defending Daffy. We're defending Daffy here. He he did no wrong. He did no wrong. <laughs> Porky didn't label his chocolates, and Petunia wanted to to invite him along. You know. <laughs> wow i I need to rewatch this with this mentality. <laughs> Because I was all for Porky, you know, uh, getting angry over Daffy ruining his Valentine. But nope, nope, I was in the wrong here. <laughs> I will admit when I am wrong, and uh, I was wrong. Daffy was Daffy was in the right here. So um, just a little, you know, gag work that's done here. Uh, at the very beginning, Porky looks in the mirror, and he has a humanoid face. As he says, happy Valentine's Petunia, where he goes to say babe, but he starts to stutter. Um, his mirror reflection is oddly the shape of a human man. <laughs> we can't tell who the human man is. Yeah, if you know who that is, please please tell us. Tell us. It reminded me of the scene in Casper when um the ghost uncles possess the dad and like his face like morphs into like Clint Eastwood's and other people's like in the mirror because that's a kind of what how the gag played and I'm like, well, who the heck is this? Yeah. Or what about in? Uh, the Mickey shorts, uh, hopping, hopping studios, um, the, uh, the Paul Rudish Mickey shorts, uh, whenever he's, uh, wrangling cheese. I, I disagree that it's one of those weird humanoid character faces okay. because in like when, when he's, when Mickey says the code. It's not like straight up someone else's face. It's still Mickey's face. It's not like Hanson Squidward because Hanson Squidward is still Squidward's face. Yeah, this wasn't a pig human. It was like it was literally like some like a man's face was suddenly on Porky, and I'm like, who is this man? Because at first I was like, it's not like a Chris Pine or George Clooney or a George Clooney. Yeah, yeah. And or is it like I'm trying to think who in the Warner Brothers family could be, or if it's you know maybe one of the artists. 
or sure. I mean, I really don't know. I will IMDb search these directors and be like, "Did you put your face?" Maybe it's Bob Bergen in it. Maybe yeah. it's the the voice actor behind Porky uh, seeping through. No, I, <laughs> I I really don't know. But it's it's really fascinating. And um, if if it looks like anybody to you, uh, dear listener, please. Write down and comment uh, who you think it is and tag us. Yeah, in the photo uh, at this reveal yourself on Twitter. <laughs> and if you're an animator on the show, let us know. It's driving us crazy. Uh, so who yeah, is that supposed to be? There's that little bit, and then there is a whole montage with Porky whistling and Daffy just using every trick in the book to get some chocolate out of that box as he makes his way. No, I still think. He just wanted to eat chocolates out of a box. He had the bag of chocolates. Yes, exactly. But I'm, I'm saying like the whole like gag work of like using the uh, like the fake helicopter to come in and like the claw to, to get uh, It was the a box. cry for help. <laughs> it was a cry for emotional support. And there's a door scene where Daffy puts up a door yeah. and locks Porky out of it. <laughs> on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. Because he's trying to protect his feet. Anyways, it's really great guy work, and I thought that the whole thing was really cute. It had a really cute ending, and the button with Petunia was really nice. And I, you know, I, I really like this one. I thought the, uh, the, you know, the way that the characters were written was true to the characters. For sure. Yeah. Moving on to a interstitial. This was directed by David Gamble, and it's called Daffy Traffic Cop Stop. Uh, lead foot and the lead foot is Daffy's left foot which he or right foot rather uh, which is literally a pencil and he uses that to erase the Porky cop who has pulled him over and changed Porky's face to a Daffy face and then remarks hey good looking and then they have a family together with the children Lots of children. Lots of children. It's very, very random. <laughs> it just it jumps to like a future where I guess Daffy married this Franken tune that is top half Daffy, bottom half Porky, <laughs> and uh, they procreate some children. And lots the, of children. The, lots of children. And the best they can do to describe it is as like it's very much like in Shrek when Donkey and the Dragon have babies. They're just like these weird. Like adorable, <laughs> very bizarre. Um, donkey dragon children. D- donkey dragon children, but p- porky duck babies. Porky duck babies. Porky duck. <laughs> yeah. Um, delicious. Daffy pigs. <laughs> duck and pork together. Delicious. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a pork duckin. <laughs> Wow. So that's that's not short. These interstitials, they they are out there and they really go for it. So this one went for it. It did a thing. I laughed. You know, that, that's it was hilarious. That's what you look for. The final short, and it's ironic that we were earlier talking about uh, Beauty and the Beast because this one's called Bunny and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And it has Bugs Bunny stranded on an island. Well, he like is doing his traveling bit. Oh, like that's he's trying true. Trying yes. to like um tunnel to a destination and he as he as he says in this takes a wrong turn at Dunkirk, which we're thinking is a reference to the Christopher Nolan movie. Absolutely. Synergy. Synergy. So this is inspired by the Bob McKimsom 
short, Gorilla My Dreams, which was uh, from 1948 and had, uh, had Bugs Bunny coming across a mother gorilla who wasn't a mother, who was just, um, you know, wanting children and her husband did not want to have children. And he goes along with the gag and puts the, on the baby costume and, and she makes her happy. But then, uh, the husband is really angry with this child and this really, you know, Bugs Bunny dressing up as a child and comedic things ensue. There's a really great reference and, and uh, cameo by Tarzan in that as well. But this one it takes a different path. Bugs Bunny finds himself on the island, uh, comes across what we think is going to be a really angry gorilla that he'll have to like battle. But it turns out that the gorilla is in love with him. And it's love at first sight. And he is, you know, bombarded with uh, her emotion. Uh, the tears turn to rivers um, he, you know, he gets pounded on rocks and everything as she's like pounding the dirt and everything. And it's, it's really comedic, she's really very funny. sad and, you know, Bugs is there for emotional support. This is true. It's an emotional support, Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he agrees to it and they have a wonderful evening together. Um, they, you know, eat together. They watch the sunset together. And then the husband comes home and uh, <laughs> it's, re- it's revealed to Bugs that she's married and he has to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then right before, it's like a whole, like, awesomely cheesy and romantic just um, series of, like, treat yourself date sort of things, you know, like they're they're frolicking in the tropical beach yeah. and there's like a jacuzzi and bugs like puts oil on her back and gives her a massage. He paints her nails. And like, the funny thing is, is that like the size difference is hilarious. So like when he paints her nails, he has like, like painter's tools, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, like paint buckets to, to do this and accomplish this. Yes. And it, it, it's, it's so comical. And you know, it's like the ideal date night sort of, of things um, that bugs provides you know, and it doesn't like really cross any boundaries. It's consensual. <laughs> Bugs is like, you know, I'm going to give this a try before finding out that uh, he is the other man. Yes. That, that love montage is broken up by like these flowery uh, transition pieces uh, with pink flowers floating over. And uh, yeah, Bugs is just, you know, taking a beating uh, while doing some of these things, uh, such as like the dancing moment where he's like swinging in the air, but like he can't really have his face attached to his skull. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite parts actually is that there is a reference to that earlier short uh, with the same line usage. So Bugs says me and my big mouth with having to dress as a baby in the original. And in this one, he says um, me and my big mouth after he's force fed a giant piece of shark which she has cooked for him. And he says, I'll have a bite. 
<laughs> so I, I love the little nuances and little references back to it. But yeah, the, the character design is the same. She has the pink bow in her hair. And I think she has the tutu as well. Mm -hmm. And it's just really great. And Gruesome has the little like rough patch of red hair on his head. So yeah, it's a really cute short. It came together really nicely. I would say this is top tier for sure. And also, uh, you know, after, after the whole marriage is found out, Bug says he's on the rebound. And uh, a, a female version of Godzilla shows up to... Because... Synergy. Synergy. This is Hollow Earth from uh, <laughs> King of the Monsters, or like Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> it's another side of the, both of them. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're both in there. Yeah, I think yes. Skull Monster verse. Skong Skong. It's happening again. I think Kong Skull Island also mentions Hollow Earth. Gong is actually a thing uh, for Jonathan and I. We um, were talking to a friend who I met on a press trip for Kong Skull Island. And like I, like me, I think I smushed them together first. Where I was like, Skong Coal Island. Because my brain, you know, it's a little smooth. Thank you, pandemic. And uh, yeah, yeah, like so we, we say Skong now very often. Skong. Skong! And, um, yeah, so he goes along with uh, the whole female Godzilla date. Uh, so I, I wonder how that played out. Probably not too well for him. Um, another one of my referen- favorite references from this was uh, Queen Kong uh, is a name that Bugs gives to uh, Lady Kong, Lady, uh, Lady Ape in this. And I thought that was really cute as well. Yeah, so uh, I also I wanted to point out the music. I thought the music was really good uh, across the board in these shorts. Uh, what did you think of the shorts uh, in this package? I really like them, and I know we've talked about before where a lot of, you know, the Looney Tunes, there aren't enough female Looney Tunes necessarily, yeah. but that they brought in uh, even some of these more obscure characters and have given them more to do. And you you even said before, like, you wanted to see more Petunia. Yeah. And we got more. We got more Petunia. More Petunia in this. Yeah. I would love to see Lola oh, done yeah. in this style and just, like... Like, introduce her, Put like, her in there. In, in, like, you know, these sort of throwback environments that they're in you know like put her like how she how could have she had an origin had she been created back in the day exactly you know and i mean like bugs is inspired by it happened one night like it'd be really cool if it was like it happened one night you know you have this inspiration for one of the characters and lola could have also been inspired by claudette colbert's character from the movie it happened one night and that'd be really cool you know like have them do like a romantic comedy slapstick sort of throwback let's manifest this because i want to see it i want to see it yeah no absolutely i do too and if you haven't seen it happened one night i would recommend looking that up because that is where the team at termite terrace back in the day got their inspiration for bugs bunny so that's a really fun one to revisit Especially during Valentine's Day. Yes. That is a really good That is our recommendation for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Looney Tunes fans, go learn you a thing, which you already knew, honestly. You know, if you've seen (laughs) any, if you've you've probably already seen it happen one night. And if you, if not, you've probably seen the clips of Clark Gable munching on that carrot. Yes. In a a very classic pose. Very classic. uh, That is now embraced by by Bugs. And, you know, it makes sense because uh, it's a studio movie. And um, 
Synergy. 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 The first instance of synergy. Well, speaking of more female characters, I also want to throw in two other Looney Tunes cartoon shorts uh, to watch during this Valentine's season. Uh, that would be Funeral for Fudd, uh, also directed by Kenny Pittenger, and Love Goat, directed by Ryan Kramer. Love Goat is a, another short with Daffy, Porky, and Petunia, where Daffy and his goat get in the way of Porky proposing to Petunia with his new ring, and the goat eats the ring. I don't want to give anything away, uh, but it's really great, and I highly recommend that one as well as Funeral for Fudd, which is Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Um, it's basically Bugs uh, <laughs> uh, whops Elmer Fudd over the head and Elmer plays it off like he's actually dying. And so then Bugs plays along with this fake out and eulogizes Elmer. And, you know, it's got some heartfelt moments into it. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really fun exploration of those two characters and that whole that whole history together. So I highly recommend those two. Uh, you know, Bug says some loving things, but also backtracks a little bit. <laughs> so it's it's a uh, it's a really funny pairing. You watch these as well. Do you mm-hmm. would you also uh, recommend them? Yeah, I thought the the uh, the the selection of that one was really interesting because that you know valentine could technically be a friend or frenemy which they are very much in this short yes and you have bugs bunny just like twisting the knife with his words (laughs) (laughs) um you know it's it's hilarious for sure yeah All right, so that will do it for this episode of the podcast. Sabina, where can people find you online? People can find me online at Sabina has no R on Twitter and um, can find our theme park fun adventures on Instagram and TikTok at Cool Places With Us, which, you know, our most recent sort of adventures have been at Six Flags. Yeah. For for various occasions. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to get out there. Yes. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at this means podcast and Facebook at the same place and this means pod on Twitter. Again, hit us up if you know who Porky looks like in the mirror when he turns human because I would love to know what you think about that. And as always, that's not all folks. Happy Valentine's Day! Someone's invading my dreams. We were sailing along, peaceful and calm. Suddenly something went wrong.